Today's Anxiety Slayer podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Are stress and anxiety interfering with your happiness? Have you been considering seeing a therapist, but you're not sure where to start? BetterHelp will assess your counseling needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist so you can get the support you need online in under 24 hours. Anxiety Slayer listeners can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash slayer. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Slayer. Hello, Ananga. It's good to be with you again this week. Hey, Shen. I love it when we get questions or messages from listeners. And one came in last week that just really struck a chord. And so here we are. We're going to share that. We'll share the question and then dig right into it. Last night, I realized something important. The increased anxiety I've felt over a lifetime is a symptom of unresolved conflicts. Can you record an episode to elaborate on the difference between ruminating anxiety versus inner conflict creating anxiety? What a great question. I haven't really thought much about ruminating anxiety versus the inner conflict that can create anxiety. And I'm grateful that we're digging into it because there's so much here to mine. There's so much gold here. And it's a nice follow-up from last week's episode as well. So we can look even deeper, even further into our anxiety, our mind type or our dosha. And um, the vata type of anxiety is absolutely more in the the rumination space or ruminating space. Yeah, certainly Vata is the more airy mind type, so it suffers greatly with feeling ungrounded, unsettled, worrying about the future, having what-if thoughts coming up in the mind which really catch the mind's attention, and then we have these awful narratives and projection. And Vata anxiety can really untether the mind, so it just floats off into all kinds of scenarios. It will time travel back to regrets from the past, drag them into the future, what if they happen again, or just new scenarios that might happen again in the future. Vata anxiety has a big challenge with staying focused and tethered to the present moment, which is where it finds peace and support. So that's one definite experience of anxiety. And usually the ruminating anxiety, as you said, Chan, comes with that Vata type. Yeah, it just does. And I know that there there are several ways to support yourself if you feel like you're in that ruminating place. And we talk about so many different ways to do so. But the first thing that comes up is tapping. There's a reason why we continue to talk about tapping and working through clearing statements and moving the anxiety out of your mind because you're getting clear about how you feel about it. You're working it through. You're doing your tapping. You're making it true and you're allowing yourself to release it. Yeah. The key really is to allow yourself to stop and be with the thought that's 
flying around in your head and causing you distress. Often we'll hear in our Facebook group, somebody will describe a symptom or a sensation in the body and they're, and they're looking for reassurance, understandably. And they'll say, this makes me feel so scared and also understandable. But this is a great use for EFT tapping. Right. Get the tapping diagram on our website at anxietieslayer.com forward slash EFT and start tapping through the sequence using the words you would type in an anxiety support group or you would say to a friend, just using words like, even though I have this pressure in my chest, even though I feel like I can't swallow, even though I can't catch my breath, even though I'm scared this is wrong with me or that's wrong with me, or even though I don't know what this means, but I feel so scared, whatever the words are that come up in your mind that would cause you to express them to somebody else or write them out in a message, or they're just looping round and round in your head, just stop and get those thoughts and put them in a tapping sequence and address them directly. And they start to dissolve when your resources come back online. And it's really quite a wonderful experience. And once you've felt that work for you once, you know where to go back again and again to help calm that anxiety down. It's incredibly helpful and so personal. And in the sessions that I've done with you and, and the sessions that I've done on my own, but, but definitely with you, to have a person who understands the process so beautifully and listens in between the words and can help you uncover what's going on. If you feel like you need additional support, then please reach out to Ananga because you are really the best. That's very kind of you. I've enjoyed experimenting with tapping for many, many years now, 20 years now, and I'm still quite amazed by it. And I think the key is in what you just said, Shannon, really being personal with it, very personal Mm -hmm. in your choice of phrasing, even noticing where you feel things in your body. I have this anxiety in my chest, this buzzing in my head. Where is it in your body? How is it affecting you? And really, this is the key to the conversation we're having today is anxiety makes us want to run away. And we want to divert, so often we'll jump on our phones or, you know, put the TV on, do anything but be with ourselves. But all the time we're avoiding ourselves, we're exhausting ourselves, and we're feeding anxiety. So there comes a point where we need to stop running and start looking and face anxiety down and really get personal about how is it affecting me? What are my persistent fears and thoughts? What's my looping? internal dialogue and really explore that, whether it's talking to somebody, journaling, just having a really good think, being creative with it, taking a walk and have a talk to yourself, whatever it is to just really look at your personal experience of anxiety and never in the sense that there's something wrong with you, rather that you're getting to know yourself and in getting to know yourself, you can help yourself. And that's the core message from Ayurveda with anxiety is in knowing ourselves We get to help ourselves. That's where the therapy really begins, when we dig deeper and find these shadows in our mind, shadows of thought, shadows of internal dialogue that are disturbing us and start to shine light on them and clear them out. Qigong is also incredibly helpful when you need grounding. And I can speak to this directly because I started a a new class a few weeks ago. And so every Monday, I have my morning Qigong class, and it has been really a great addition to my schedule and my world to just 
uh, allow the anxiety from the pandemic, from the politics, from the concern about being well, staying well, having my family stay well, all of the things that apply to so many of us. It's not all about me, but what's happened is the Qigong has really helped me get back into my body in such a beautiful and thoughtful way, the way that we move, the way that we clear energy, the way that we gather energy, and the way that we're just so still, really inviting ourselves into the center of the storm, the serenity place inside of life. And I know you have more to say about Qigong, but I just, having jumped into it on a more regular basis, I couldn't be more grateful. Yeah, for me also, particularly if I have health anxiety or I'm feeling ungrounded, um, all my nerves are unsettled, I find it incredibly helpful. And of course, it works in the same way as tapping. They're both energy medicine. They both work on the subtle energy system of our body. They're both dealing with clearing blockages, clearing meridians in the body, and, and both teach that when we have unresolved fear, anxiety, negative emotions, persistent dialogue that turns in on ourselves, it gets stuck in the body and it causes pain, causes disturbance, causes anxiety. So this is real clearing work, really wonderful energy work. And what I particularly love about it is once you've learned how to do either or both, then it's with you for life. And it's just so simple and empowering and, and readily perceivable. You can feel it working. So for the Vata type of anxiety, we want grounding Qigong, which I think, Shan, is what you've really been describing, just really grounding, earthy, mm -hmm. calming, stable Qigong. That's what really helps here. And then there's other recommendations for the more uh, conflict-centered type of anxiety. When you're ruminating, breathing practices are also quite helpful, whether it be the long exhale or the bumblebee pranayam. Uh, that's something that's also helpful. It kind of feels silly to do it. Why is the bumblebee breath so helpful? Because it brings a place of centering and stillness to our mind. So to practice this particular breathing exercise, and this is available, we have a guided um, session of this practice on our Patreon. Bumblebee pranayam involves making a buzzing sound. So as you said, it, well, you can feel a bit daft. <laughs> but you, you're closing your senses off. You cover your ears and your eyes and your nose. And in yoga, that covering of the senses, stilling of the senses is so restful to the mind. And we've talked before about how in Ayurveda, the senses are described as the knowledge acquiring senses. But in our modern busy society with so much information coming in, they tend to be the disturbance acquiring senses. There's just so much coming in. So the more we can do to rest our senses, even if only for a few minutes or a couple of minutes, is really beneficial to anxiety. And then the humming sound that's made during this particular pranayam breathing practice is very soothing, soothing to the throat and the mind and to anxiety. And this is something that's been researched a lot recently. I think Dr. Oz was talking about it a few years ago. Um, it's been there in Ayurveda for thousands of years, but it's just a known thing that creating a certain humming sound really placates 
the mind, really calms the mind. And uh, it's a wonderful practice. I shared this with a relative a few years ago. We were in a shopping center running some errands with the kids. And um, she suffered with fatigue and anxiety. And at a certain point, it was just too much. We thought we were going off peak, but it was busier than we anticipated. And we were there longer than we hoped we were going to be. And um, I could see she was becoming very overwhelmed. And then she started to say, I'm getting uncomfortable. I feel like I'm going to have an anxiety episode. So I sat her down in the middle of this mall and just showed her how to do this practice. And after two minutes, she said, oh, I feel so grounded. Feel completely grounded and okay, I can finish up what we need to do and get home. And um, she was calling out to her son, you know, you've got to try this. It's so calm. And he's looking at her like, it's okay. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Sitting in the middle of a shopping center doing this thing. He was quite appalled. But I just felt in that moment, it would really help her because she was becoming so disturbed by all the incoming noise and people moving around. And sometimes you're in those places, you get so vata deranged that you can't direct yourself to get out. Pitta's directive, Pitta's what says, okay, that's enough. The exit's over there. I'm going. But when we're really vata disturbed, you can walk round and round in those places and you cannot direct yourself to get out. So I thought anything that helped her just stop all the incoming. So we did that together mm. for a couple of minutes and it was amazing. I love seeing these techniques work in those kinds of situations. It really makes me smile. And she's been using it ever since. That was a few years ago. And now it's right there in her toolkit. So again, we need to gather the practices that we have trust in, we have faith in. When we get back from the break, we'll talk more about the pitta type of anxiety and how if you have the pitta dosha, you're dealing with a more conflict-focused form of anxiety than the ruminating kind. Today's Anxiety Slayer podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Are stress and anxiety interfering with your happiness and preventing you from living your best life? This year, I worked with a therapist at BetterHelp to manage my anxiety around my daughter moving out in the middle of the pandemic. What a relief to have someone kind and objective in my corner. And she was a mom who had already been there and done that. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online and their services available for clients all around the world. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions or even text sessions so you don't have to leave the comfort of your own home. It's more affordable than traditional in-person counseling and financial aid is available. And there is a special offer for Anxiety Slayer listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash slayer. That's betterhelp.com forward slash slayer. Let's talk about pitta and the type of anxiety that pitta doshas deal with. I know it's more conflict focused. Before coming together with you today, my pitta anxiety, and I think it was maybe a little of anxiety and impatience, which impatience comes when pitta is a little out of balance. (laughs) Yeah. No, and it's good that you raise it because that's how we know. This is how we know. Um, Do I feel impatient? Am I feeling critical of myself? Am I feeling 
little bit impatient with others around me? Do I feel that, you know, people should just get on with things and be more efficient? That's pitta. It's pitta going into imbalance, and then it's going to manifest its own disturbance in our mind. So that's how we know. We know by watching ourselves mm. and responding, noticing and responding. And the danger in not responding is that we just live on autopilot and then we're in the experience, we justify the experience, and we suffer more from it. And we're also a lot more grumpy and, yeah. uh, and not very pleasant to be around. Uh-uh. And that, you know, that's the being able to, to look and see where I go. That's where I go. And I realized today before we came together, I needed to do my own clearing get myself grounded so that I could be in a more sweet space with you and not project my stuff onto you (laughs) Uh, because we're human. And no matter what our dosha, no matter what we're dealing with, life happens, things come up, and all of the tools and resources we share can help you whether you're having a bout with anxiety or rumination or you're just feeling out of sorts, you just need to get back in your body and care for yourself. And that's the key. The key is in the response. And sweet you were, as you always are. We're going to have these tendencies come up. We don't need to beat ourselves over the head about them. It's whether we can check them or not, or whether we're going to let them loose on others. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Pitta type has more fire in the mind. Actually, it has fire and water which under pressure makes steam. (laughs) So it's really, really worth bearing that in mind. I know for myself, I can tolerate dry heat. When humidity comes in, it's a completely different experience for me and it really agitates my mind, really unsettles me, makes me very uncomfortable. So again, these are clues. And this is something that we spoke about in depth in our Patreon class last week on these thoughts and feelings in the mind, the information it gives us, and how we're affected by our environment. So the pitta mind is fiery. It's more affected by conflict, whether it's internal or external. It can become frustrated. It feels stuck, and it feels thwarted. And that's the flavor of anxiety that goes with bitter dosh in feeling frustrated, fearing loss of control, those kind of feelings. Yeah, like you're not buttoned up enough. And why isn't everybody just lining up and making things logical? <laughs> In the last two days, I have been uh, dealing with automobile insurance company and also uh, student financial aid government entity. And there was a third. And they were all at the same time Uh, I was either in technological loops of pain where you can't get anything resolved or the waiting to get things resolved or the forms that are not being received or the warnings that are coming or the uh, do it again, do it again, that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm three different levels. And I thought, oh my goodness, this, this one in me, this pizza fiery woman was just not having it. And then I did find some humor with it and and I did let it go. I knew I knew what to do. I did some breathing. I got outside and let it go, but then I had to get back into it this morning. 
And there we were again with the same issues. Some of them have been solved, I'm grateful to say, but it really puts me in this almost self-righteous place of uh, judgment and all of the stuff that comes with it. And and I'm talking to you with a big smile on my face because I know what it is and I know what to do about it. But that still doesn't mean it doesn't happen, you know, that it doesn't happen to me. It happens. Yeah. It happens to all of us. It happens to all of us. No one likes to be on hold forever and ever. No one likes things to be unresolved or having people that are not helpful on the other side of the conversation or who are projecting their stuff at you because they think you're that you don't understand what needs to be done or on and on it goes. So some of the best things that we can do if if we're in, in conflict is, again, tapping, qigong, breathing practices, just different forms of those. Yeah, because, again, we need to tailor our response to the experience we're having, and this is why getting specific with that experience is so key. And to be careful that we don't develop a taste for those kinds of expressions. That's the real pitfall that gets us in trouble with our health and our mental well-being down the line. If we find people inefficient, if we find somebody else inefficient and we take pride in efficiency, then we might delight in telling others the tale of that person's inefficiency. And the difficulty with that is it becomes a flavor. And then we start looking for what we perceive to be incompetence in others. Mm-hmm. So the, the challenge is that we then look for evidence to support our indignant um, theory. You know, when we're looking at the incompetence in others, we don't have to look at our own incompetence. And we certainly don't have to look at our own fear. All the time we can look out and say, this person's stupid. This person's inefficient. This person has no common sense. Mm-hmm. All the time we're doing that, we don't have to look at our own fear of loss of control. Right. So we get a taste for it. And then we start damaging our liver and we start damaging our relationships because it's called a rasa in Ayurveda. We get a taste for that flavor of indignation and perceived incompetence and it damages us. It brings heat and inflammation in our body and it brings heat and inflammation in our interpersonal relationships. And whereas we might walk away thinking that told them, the them we're walking away from will just think you're really uncomfortable to be around or you're rude or whatever they're going to think, but it doesn't serve anyone well and it causes a lot of harm. Let's talk about Qigong and specifically the Qigong you can do to be sweet to your liver. (laughs) It's an excellent Qigong and it has a sound that goes with it, which sounds like letting off steam. Oh my God, today is the day for sounds, bumblebees and steam. (laughs) A lot of energy healing has sounds in it. And, you know, I'm British, so I've had to really come to terms with that. (laughs) Don't really make sounds when you're British or express yourself in that way. Come on, Ananga, I want to hear you let off steam. Let's do it. (laughs) Go for it. That's the sound. (laughs) So you interlock your fingers together and stretch them up over your head and you bring your eyes up towards the ceiling, stretch, stretch up with your fingers interlocked over your head and then you lean to the left. So you're stretching the area where your liver lives and you make the noise. (laughs) Letting off steam. I'm doing it. It's a great practice. It feels really good, particularly as we're going into spring, the liver energy comes up and that thwarted frustrated energy can really come up in us at the springtime. So it's good, good to respond to it. I love that. 
Yeah. I think it's probably exactly what I need to do today when we're done with this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then tapping. And, and here's the challenge. When Pitta is elevated, it's going to tell you that tapping and Qigong is stupid and nobody has time for that stuff. There's things to be done. That's the challenge. But we benefit greatly when we respond. And it stops Pitta anxiety building into a full-on anxiety episode, an anxiety attack, which is incredibly physical. So it stops that happening. So tapping, talking and tapping, talking about how you feel, talking around inner conflict and frustrations, how we feel about them. In the past, I've done some tapping and clearing work for myself when my health became um, very challenged and I was given a serious diagnosis. I was living in a situation where I felt I couldn't respond easily as I would have liked to to that diagnosis. I, I was in a, a situation where I didn't feel peaceful enough to really um, go into the deeper self-care I needed. So I had to tap for that, to settle myself with my right to deeper self-care, uh, my right to handle my diagnosis, how I felt comfortable and how I felt best served me. And it was a very good thing to do. It was very helpful. So, you know, we can tap when we feel frustrated. We can tap when we feel impatient and talk to ourselves. How do I feel about my frustrations? What do I really feel I'm being held back from? It's exploratory tapping. It really does work too. Yeah. And again, breathing practices are also going to help you. So no matter what dosha is out of balance, tapping, qigong, and breathing, just different forms of those three. The, uh, the cooling pranayam breath is really nice. Do you want to walk us through that? Um, very simple. You just put your tongue behind your top teeth as if you're going to say the sound L, and you just breathe in very slowly. So the, the incoming breath cools the base of your tongue. And you just have your mouth open a little bit so that when you breathe in, that, that air coming in cools the underside of the tongue. It's really great in the summer, really great on hot days. It's particularly good if you feel like you're about to blow your top. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a wonderfully balanced soul because we're all going to have those feelings, but it's a wonderfully balanced soul that can stop and do it. We need to train ourselves to stop and do these things, but it will save us a lot of, a lot of apologies <laughs> and a lot of um, you know, self-disturbance by raising our inner heat. We don't need to be raising our inner heat. We're just going to fry our own mind. So it's a beautiful practice, very cooling, very calming, but not the one for vata. Vata needs the bumblebee breath or um, alternate nostril breathing, which also we have a guided practice on our Patreon. That's good for everyone. That's another one to try. That is one of my favorites, uh -huh. especially when I feel out of balance. If I do alternate nostril breathing just for a couple minutes, mm -hmm. it's really helpful. Yeah, it's really good, isn't it? Really calming. Mm -hmm. It's a nice one to do before yoga or if you have a meditation practice or even if you just want to sit down and do some peaceful reading, it really slows and calms the mind down. So it's a nice thing to do on its own, but also in preparation of more contemplative practices. And we'll have some links in the show notes so that you can get easy access to some of these breathing practices because I know <laughs> some of you are like, what? Cooling pranayama, bumblebee, what? 
what steam what's happening <laughs> but we'll make we'll make it easy for you and uh, also we should probably talk a little bit more about the patreon class that you so kindly recorded for us because technology wouldn't let me do it with you yeah I ended up all on my lonesome with that class because we, we were going to have a wonderful teaching and discussion together. That class includes a quiz to help you look at how your mind's responding, how your body's responding to different stress, anxiety, environment. Where do we go? We're, we're all different. We all have our different responses and uh, talking in that class about unearthing those and how to calm each of the individual doshas. So how to know which doshas come up, or which doshas running the show, who's become elevated and who's causing disturbance, and how to placate that energy and feel more calm, more comfortable, more positive, and, and the real key, more hopeful. When we feel some hope and direction in our life, then the healing really begins. So true. And if you love our podcast, please consider exploring our Patreon. We have loads of Anxiety Slayer extras for calming anxiety, including exclusive classes, posts, guided meditations, breathing exercises, tapping sessions, and so much more. And you can learn more about that at patreon.com forward slash anxiety slayer.